just worried if I was going to turn the switch back on, wasn't you? I'm always worried if you're going to have me off or not, and they're going to hear me singing. Well, I can already tell you God's got a plan for my family this morning. It, it, uh, I left my Bible home. I have confession, I left my Bible at home. But I got here, and I'm using this uh, nice ordination Bible I got. It's the first time I'm, I'm using it uh, to preach out of. And I'm like, man, this Bible really feels, feels good. It's real leather, you know, so it feels comfortable. And then, Jonathan, I left my glasses at home. <laughs> I'm like, oh, man. So, and then I get in the office this morning, and I was praying, and I shared something with the youth on uh, Wednesday, and uh, I won't share it again today. I didn't know I was going to do that either. So, Jonathan, God's got a plan this morning. You believe that, right? No, now I'm not as old as you. I don't need, I don't, probably don't need your prescription, doctor. It's really good to see everybody. I mean, you guys are looking really festive today. And, and gentlemen, I do know, I was not a joke, I do know that your wife stressed you and they did an awesome uh, job. <laughs> but before we get started this morning uh, with our, our text and, and God's word, uh, let us uh, join together for prayer this morning. Is that all right? Yeah. Amen. All right. Father God, we thank you for this day. And Father, um, how grateful we are and honored to be in your house. Father, uh, we just pray that... Um, some things to your message of uh, that you, you just search us and just show us uh, if we are having a spirit of, of apathy, of maybe we're uh, acting as uh, the old uh, King Herod, or um, Father, if uh, we're zealous or not, um, Father, after your, your spirit and your word. And Father, I just pray that you reveal to us who we are and what this time of year means to us. And Father, I just uh, give you all the glory, honor, and praise in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to be in uh, Matthew chapter, uh, Matthew chapter 2, um, but it's hard for me to believe that <laughs> Christmas is just a, a few days away, and here we are on, uh, coming up on 2020, and uh, I'm just like, man, where has this year went? But have you ever noticed that uh, there are normally two different uh, reactions people have around Christmas time? Usually, you know, you have the, the one where, if you're like my, my wife, to where after Halloween, November 1st comes around, which we didn't make it this year, but uh, normally, November 1st, she's already, can I get the Christmas trees down? Can I decorate this and this? And I, man, I love, don't get me wrong, I love the decorations. I just don't like to do the decorations, okay? And, and I, I'm talking about all six trees. So, you know, you have, you have this, you know, kind of attitude, reaction, you know, the real... Um, zealous to decorate, but you know, Tiffany calls me, she's like, man, you're just a Grinch at Christmas. And it's not that, that I'm uh, the Grinch about, you know, my, my, the family time, you know, the meaning of Christmas, you know, the, the eating, uh, but I, I, just, I just get, I just can't get into decorating anymore. It's just uh, very, uh, I'm very lazy, Thomas, when it comes to the decorations. I, I, that's just what it is. Um, so here we go. I, I just, uh, I get excited about this time of year, about the true meaning of Christmas. But I'll tell you what, I get aggravated uh, to see how our society has done uh, this Christmas, Christmas time of year. How, do you realize that there between uh, November 26th and now there's like uh, technically 26 um, shopping days between Thanksgiving and Christmas? 
So that will be around $602 billion. $602 billion spent during this time of year. So let me break that down. That's, that's kind of like $85 per person that is on the globe. That's an average of $85 per person. That's a lot. That's a lot. So I, I'm going to read this to you. I'm going to read this, this poem. I didn't know I was going to do this this morning. I shared this with the youth uh, on Wednesday, and, and if I read it to you then, you need it again. And I want you to, I, I'm not going to tell you who this is from because they don't like a lot of attention, but this is um, from um, somebody I considered very dear to me. Um, wrote this in 1957. 1957. I want you to see how fitting this is today. You ready? It says, holly reefs and mistletoe, all the stockings hung in a row. Christmas trees with bells and balls and greeting cards hung on the walls. Shoppers running here and there, a doll for Sue, for Ted a bear. Something for Jimmy, Joe, and Helen, and we must not forget little Sarah Ellen. We make our plans, we party and play. We get so busy, we all, all forget to pray. Our minds are full of gifts and glee, so little time for the less fortunate than we. S somewhere ragged children have no toys. This year their hearts will have no joys. They'll get nothing for which they have yearned. Why aren't we more concerned? Snowflakes falling big and white or children laughing with delight. Snowmen marching on parade, but is this why Christmas Day was made? There's cakes to make and turkeys to bake. We all do these things for our stomach's sake. Hurry, hurry, there's so much to do. Is this what Christmas means to you? We sing, hark the herald angels sing, but what gifts do we bring? Let us remember that first Christmas day. Remember the babe who is in a manger lay. During this season, let's not forget, he was sent to pay our debt. God sent him sent his son down to the earth and the virgin mary gave him birth when he was born the angels stand the shepherds and the wise men came let us let's let our hearts swing open wide and take a look of what's inside is it the christmas child there we see what does this christmas mean to me listen we live in a world today that places more emphasis on receiving than giving tinsel than time with the family santa claus rather than jesus christ in the midst of the good things about christmas we miss the most important the the best thing about christmas is the birth of the savior the savior of all mankind we miss the the message that is set in concrete this signal the, the love of God for each of us. Listen, I w I, I'm still took back. This poem was written in 1957 and the relevance that it still has for us today. So if you could turn to Matthew 2. We're going to read through the, the first 12 verses. And I want you to see three different types or reactions to Jesus or uh, you'll see the, the anger, the apathy, the anticipation, 
from the three different groups of people. And I believe that today that we have these same three um, attitudes going on when we talk about Jesus. So if, if you could, let's read verse 1 if you'll stand with me. It says, verse 1, it says, Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of, of Judea in the, the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east come to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who is born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all drew Jerusalem with him. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes and the people together, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. So they said to him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet, But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judea, are not the least among the rulers of Judea, for out of you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. And then Herod when he had secretly called the wise men, determined from them what time the star appeared, he sent to them to Beth. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, "Go and search carefully for the young child. And when you have found him, bring back word to me that I may come and worship him also." Then he heard the king. They departed, and behold, the star which they had once seen in the east went before them till it come and stood over where the young child was. And when they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceedingly great joy. And when they had come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary, his mother, and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their, their treasures, they presented gifts to him, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And then being divinely warned in a dream, that they should not return to Herod, they departed for their own country another way. As you're being seated, Father, I just pray that you speak to us through your word. Father, that you search us and show us who we truly are, what this time a year truly means to us. We ask these things in your name. Amen. You know, in Matthew chapter 1, we see the genealogy of Christ in the first 17 verses. And then uh, we see that there is a young virgin named Mary who was found to be with child. Found to be with child by the Holy Spirit. She was engaged to be married to a man named uh, Joseph. And when he finds out that she's with child, he, he decides uh, that he's going to put her away. He said, and he didn't want to embarrass her, so he's going to put her away in secret. So what I'm saying is he, he since he found out she's with child, he was going to divorce her. But then he was visited by an angel in a dream that confirmed that Mary would bear a son and his name would be Emmanuel. So that's where we pick up in chapter 2 that Jesus has been uh, born and we're starting to see that the Son of God is going to change the world forever. And in uh, this first point is a reaction to anger. A reaction to anger. Look in verse 1 through one through 3. Look, it says, Behold, there came three wise men from the east to Jerusalem. <laughs> I'm just kidding. It didn't say that, did it? Somebody should have called me out. It doesn't say that. It doesn't say that. It doesn't say that. It says, Matthew never tells us a number of the wise men. Not at all. Never tells us that there's three wise men there. But I do believe that there is more than three. 
their um, substantial trip that these men had to take, the length across the continent, the uprising that they were causing uh, in Jerusalem, um, I believe that there is more than than just three. There's three gifts, but it doesn't give us a, a specific number of just three wise men. So who is Herod? Who is Herod? Man, he, he's a, 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 a dirty guy, man, a, a bad guy. He ruled Judea, Samaria, Samaria and Perea, and uh, Galilee. So he was uh, a very superstitious man. You know, he was very uh, paranoid. If you, find, if you trace his um, genealogy, his family tree back, he's uh, related to es- Esau. So he brought, um, he had bought in this time a position in the Roman government. So he was not of Israel at all. So history tells us that this man could have had at least 12 wives and killed people just because. Just because. Listen, this dude's dirty. Man, he had 12 wives and multiple children. Listen, when he was so paranoid that he even killed his wives and his children if he thought any idea that they were going to come against him to take his authority away. This guy, he had no boundaries. No boundaries. So verse 2, the wise men asked, where is this born king of the Jews? Where is he? So, man, when they're asking about this other king, Herod, man's like, whoa, whoa, what did you just say? He's troubled. He's angry. He become ang- anxious. He wanted to go find out to kill the one, to kill the rival to the throne. He wanted it all for himself. If you could say another word, he was an authoritarian. Boy, that's a big word. That's almost a tongue twister. Authoritarian. He was all about me, 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 me. So, why did this great and powerful king become so angry at the thought of a baby? Jesus. You know, I wonder, how, how would his reaction would have, would have been different if they would have said, man, have you seen the Savior of the world? Where was he? Where is he? The Savior of the world and not, have you seen this king? Where is this king? See, I think most of us kind of get in the same attitude here about anger. We kind of have this old Herod thing popping up. We all want a Savior. But ain't none of us want a king. You know why? Because if he's king, if he's Lord, where are you? You're not on the throne. That's lordship. That's, that's kingship. Listen, church, I think even in our ministries here, if we would get under alignment of his kingship versus, hey, this is my ministry. This is my pulpit. This is my Sunday school class. This is my office. This is my committee. Man, it ain't nothing, nothing of yours. I told you, Jonathan, God's got something to do. It ain't even in the notes. I got to get away from the text. So preach, preach. That's right. It ain't yours, it's his. We all want a savior. But ain't none of us want a king. Because kingship rules. He has complete authority. Not, not today, not on Sunday. Complete. You know, I think this is why 
in our society today that we take anything out that relates to, to God. I think this is why, Jim, they took the Ten Commandments down. I think this is why they took prayer and the Bible out of schools. I believe that this is, this is why we don't say Merry Christmas, we say Happy Holidays. Because I think it's a reminder to all of his lordship, of his kingship. I think it's a reminder of all of his authority. They don't want it. Get it away. If you don't want to be reminded about something, just take it away. They don't want the reminder of his authority, his, his true power. So we see Herod was so angry. He kills children two and under. Two and under. Take them all out. Erase them. Take the threat out. Man, don't we do the same thing? We get mad about something. Don't we just try to take it out? Get away from it. Run away. Get out of here. You know what I think, Keith, the saddest thing about this Christmas story is when we're talking about Herod? The saddest part, 2,000 years ago, the saddest part of this story, Herod could have went to Bethlehem. He could have experienced firsthand the greatest miracle of all. God coming to earth in human form. He could have seen Jesus. He could have worshipped. But he didn't. He let anger, his paranoia, he, his authority rule his reaction. He let his authority rule his, his reaction to Jesus. Listen, that's like us today. There's people everywhere angry about the name Jesus. When you say King Jesus, nah, he will rule my life. Me, 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 me. I want him to save me, but I don't want him to be Lord. Listen, he, friend, he's much more than just my Lord. Listen, he's my friend. He's my friend in times of trouble. He's my healer when I am sick. He's my peace in the storm. Listen, he shed his blood to cleanse my sin. He's my savior. Mm. Point number two. A reaction to apathy. We see the, the chief priests respond with, with apathy. Apathy is a, a lack of enthusiasm or interest or concern. Man, don't we Christians have this? <laughs> we're, ap we have, we're apathetic people. A lack of enthusiasm. Zealous. Listen, there, there was once a, a fellow talking to his next-door neighbor, and he had, had heard the night before um, this guy talking, and he, he went over to his neighbor the next day. He told the neighbor, he said, man, this guy had, had said something last night that really stuck with me. He said that all the world's problems are summed up into two words, ignorance and apathy. What do you think, neighbor? The neighbor replied, I really don't know, and I really don't care. Two issues. Listen, these chief priests, they knew... And they showed no interest. Listen, they knew what was happening in Bethlehem. Herod called for them, for them demanded to know where the Christ was, where this, this king. 
They knew the answer. They didn't have to go search the scripture. They knew it. So in, in Romans 1.22, you need to go read the, the rest of it to get the full thing, but uh, professing to be wise, they become fools. Read 18 through 21. Matter of fact, read the whole chapter, chapter 1 of Romans. You'll be blessed. But listen, professing to be wise, they become fools. Listen, these are priests. These are Jewish priests. They should have been anticipating the king's birth. Anticipating it. They knew where he was. They didn't have to, to turn to, to Micah 5.2. They had it. They could quote it. They knew it. They knew the coming of Messiah. Listen. Listen to me. Do you get anything out of what I just said? The problem was their knowledge had become academic. Their problem was the knowledge was academic. It was academic only. There was, it had no personal meaning to them. See, the chief priests are great examples of, of people who may know the Bible from cover to cover, know the history that is contained in the Bible, know the factual truths, but carry no personal meaning. So what I'm telling you, shorten that down even more, they have intellect, but they have no relationship. Some would say that that separates you by 12 to, to 18 inches. So the scribes knew the Old Testament scriptures they knew them they they thought that uh you know if we if they were standing here and we was at this uh meeting today you would have thought that knowing this knowing five miles we're just talking about five miles away that, that these scribes that knew the scripture would have said hey let me go too don't leave me out i want to go see this king i've been waiting on this prophecy to be fulfilled we're going with you Five miles. Apathetic. No, no concern. But the Gentiles sought him out. They, they found him. But the Jews did not. Yeah, I wonder today, I was talking about this in the cafe this morning. I wonder today how many of us are truly, truly excited and are looking for the coming of the Lord. You know, we study a, a great deal about prophecy. But I wonder if he took the roof off this place today or if he just come gradually walking in the back doors. I wonder if you're ready. I wonder what he would reveal. I wonder if you would be ready to see him right now. Are we? These priests were overconfident in their spiritual condition. Man, they knew it. They could quote it. You didn't have to turn there. They didn't need Google to go find it. They didn't need a help. Man, they had it. Listen, there's, there's a, a, a church talked about in Revelation 3.16. It says, because you were lukewarm, neither hot or cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. Listen, these dudes were lukewarm. They were halfway committed. Halfway committed. They had the attitude that they needed nothing. They had it. Listen, many Christians today, we fall in this same category. We want enough religion or enough Bible to make us acceptable to the people sitting beside us in the pew. Don't we? We want just enough to where we're not deemed zealots. 
Hey, listen, parents, we want our children not to be atheists. But at the same time, hey, let's not take that Bible stuff too far. Let's not take that religion too far. Hey, don't talk to me about a relationship with, with Christ. Right? Jim, I must have went back. I need to re-prepare here because either I, I'm preaching really, really good or we're just not, not on it where it's really convicting you. I'm serious, parents. Come on, man. We need to be training our children the true meaning and not ashamed of it. We need to be training them in the Word to hide it in their hearts. Man. Most of the world today has no idea what Christmas is about. We exchange gift cards. We decorate the homes. Man, doesn't the decorations look good? the ladies do a good job we go to christmas parties we sing christmas songs we even go to christmas services but we never ever experience the true meaning of christmas john powers said something like this casual christians are those folks who use the local church when it's beneficial to them they come to church when it is expected their contributions are criticisms They're like hibernating bears. They are comfortable and do not want to be disturbed. Like callous skin, their hearts have layers of hardness. It is not that they do not believe the doctrines of faith or or they are not opposed of evangelizing to the world. These members aren't opponents of the, the Lord. They are just indifferent and apathetic towards Him. Hmm. Come on. Listen, I want to challenge you right here. Every Christian. Every Christian. Hey, do an inventory check, man. Examine the self. A personal inventory. Where is your walk? Have I become casual in my commitment? Am I indifferent in spending my time in prayer and meditation in God's Word? Am I, am I hit and miss on my tithing? Am I complacent in my living? My faith. Listen, have I allowed the devil to lure me away from the very things, the people that God uses to hold my feet to the fire? To be sold out, to hold me accountable, to walk with God, to get in the Scripture. Hey, Jimmy, you been in the Word today? Why not, brother? Let me help you. Let me give you one. Number three. Number three, a reaction of anticipation. Listen, I, I want you to realize that we're, to, we're supposed to be in anticipation, expectation. Listen, don't be apathetic. Romans twelve eleven says, Do not be slothful in zeal, be fervent in spirit, and serve the Lord. Listen, whatever God's called you to do, do it with enthusiasm. Listen, if it's a prayer warrior, then pray in boldness. If it's a, an usher, then, then usher. Do it with a smile on your face. If it's, if it's the search committee, hey, smile. Man, if it's a deacon, then go all out. Sunday school teacher. Whatever God's called you to do, he'll equip you. Stop walking around with your head down or only doing it halfway. He didn't go halfway with you. He went all the way. 
Thomas, as I heard a guy say, hey, he bankrupt heaven, right, brother? He give it all the riches. He went all the way. Verse 7 through 12, a reaction of anticipation. Listen, my favorite reaction in these verses is the one of the wise men. I don't think we look at these dudes that much. The Bible, the Bible calls them magi, and they were likely, you know, from, from Babylon and were influential students um, of the stars. So they were astrologing, astrologers. Uh, so they, were, they had great interest uh, in the stars in the sky and what they observed. So the star led them to Bethlehem, and there's a lot of uh, talk on what, what that was. But uh, regardless, I believe they, they were led by their, their faith, and God placed a miracle in the sky, and, and that's what they followed. Numbers 24, 17, it says, which says, I see them, but not now. I behold him, but not near. A star will come out of Jacob, a scepter will rise up out of Israel, and he will curse the foreheads of Moab and the skulls of all the people of Sheph. So the important thing is, is that God brought the birth of the king to the intention of the Gentiles, not just the uh, Jews, but the Gentiles. So they were searching diligently when the star appeared. So they packed up everything and, and left to, to see this king, the, the Christ. Listen, they, they journeyed for months, possibly even up to two years from Mesopotamia to Jerusalem. So if you look at the text, this star disappeared. Uh, along the way and they they followed it and it disappeared and then that's where they went and asked Herod uh, the priest and they answered and then they left Herod and and um, headed for Bethlehem and the, the star appears again in verse 9 and then stands over the house where the young child was was dwelling and by now Mary and Joseph had left the manger and had um, moved to a temporary dwelling where the Lord Jesus uh, from where he was born to a, a house and this was not a stable this was not a stable behind the inn. this was a house they were in so when the Magi arrived and found where Jesus and his family were uh, living man they were overjoyed their destination was not just a place but it was a person listen you notice the text says that they went to the house and they seen Jesus and Mary, it acknowledges both of them, but man, it puts it in priority that Jesus was first and they bowed down and worshiped. They give Mary nothing else. Just a text shows that she was there and nothing else. They bowed down and worshiped Jesus. Worshiped. Listen, I believe Matthew uh, in this is wanting the readers to bow down and worship Jesus. Worship him. Man, what a, what a perfect reaction to have for the King of kings, the Lord of lords, pure worship, to worship the one true God. Man, that's the, that's the, the reason to be called wise. You're worshiping the, the true Lord, Jesus. Listen, I challenge you, take inventory, examine. Are you a wise man? Listen, I believe that's why they were called wise men. It's because when they got there, they bowed down and worshiped Jesus. Are you a wise man today? A wise man responds to God with a heartfelt with joy. Scripture says that, that they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. Rejoice with exceeding great joy. How are you responding? Psalms 30 and verse 5 says, Weeping may endure for the night, but joy comes in the morning. Psalm 66.1 says, 
Shout for the joy to God, all the earth. Galatians 5.22 says that joy is a fruit of the Holy Spirit and living inside of you. Listen, it's hard for the devil to tempt a believer filled with the joy of God. It's hard for the devil to come and try to entice us by empty promises of the world. Listen, when your soul is satisfied in Christ, you will rejoice in Christ. When you take your eyes off Christ, you're going to lose the joy. Empty promises. Christian joy is a barometer of your spiritual light. Listen, joy is not the power of some kind of uh, positive thinking or some kind of uh, optimistic personality. Joy is not being happy because life is going my way. Joy is not walking through life with uh, kind of the attitude, the glass is half full. Joy is not an emotion, uh, you know, that you just comes and go. It's the emotion of salvation that is secured. It's forever. It's seeing and knowing and loving and trusting Christ. Joy is not something that you can generate yourself. It is the the product of the Holy Spirit who dwells inside. Listen, these wise men felt true joy when they seen the Son of God. I want to ask you again, do you have the same joy today? Do you have that? B, number two. Hey, I'm late, Anna. It's 10 till. I seen you over there. Cut it off. Two more points. Hang in there. <laughs> Second, a wise man seeks God diligently. These wise men traveled a, a long way. They showed obedience and humility, and they, they followed the star. They, they listened to the priests, the scribes, and they continued uh, to pursue the king. Listen, can I say that it's, a, it's an honor and privilege that every Christian to know God, to, to walk with him on a daily basis. Listen to Psalms. Psalm 105.4 says, Seek the Lord. Seek His presence continually. Listen, seeking God means to set our mind and heart on God. We must, you know, make it a conscious effort to study His Word, pray, fast, worship. And when the obstacles get in our way, we should be wise men. Seek the Lord. Seek the Lord. Third point. A wise man brings his gifts to God. The wise man brought great gifts. Gifts fit for a king. You can say the gold shows his kingship on earth. The frankincense was the incense used in the the temple worship that showed the symbol of his deity. And the the myrrh, the embalming, was um, the oil that was a symbol of his death. And, you know, the scripture uh, shows another uh, point of his second coming. I want you to hear this. It says, Herds of camels will cover your land, and, and young camels of uh, Midian and Epa and all the from Sheba will come bearing gold and incense and proclaiming the praise of the Lord. Isaiah 60 and verse 6. Listen, do you notice that there was a gift left out of that scripture in his second coming? Mirth. They didn't bring mirth because it speaks of death. Listen, when Christ comes a second time, we'll not be speaking of his death. The next time that he comes, we're not going to talk about his death. 
or what he the, where his death on a cross for the sins of the world he he will be talking king of kings and lord of lords listen every knee will bow whether you want to profess that right now today every knee will bow and profess king of kings and lord of lords hmm? and when he man that, the question is the question is this morning will you be able to stand in front of Christ and say I brought you my best I brought you the my best gifts to you every person in this room has a gift that God's given you what are you doing with it are you bringing him the best What reaction do you have to Christ? Angry? Apathetic? Or are you anticipating? Listen, seniors, if, if we may sit here and say, man, isn't this needed for the younger generation? Listen, the best I can figure, he still got give you the same gift 50 years ago and you still got it today. Are you still using it? Listen, because let me tell you something. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, it says that it, that it may be hard-pressed and perplexed on every side, but it ain't over yet. Keep reading the chapter. Listen, you ain't done, man. Listen, your body may be dying. Keep reading that, that chapter in chapter 4. It keeps talking about this. It talks about the body, how it's, it's passing away. But he says it's okay because it's only for a little while. It's only for a little while. Church, we got gaps. We got all kinds of, of, of service opportunities. Are you bringing your best? It's not always going to be easy. No one said it was. They're going to put down your, your walk with Christ. They're going to persecute you. But I think that's okay. Look at verse 12. I, I want you to, I want to leave you with this. Verse 12. It says, Then being divinely warned in, a, warned in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed for their own country another way. Listen, it's not going to be easy when you follow Christ. In verse 12, we see that the Magi were, were, were told, they were warned. They said, hey, go another way. Don't go back where you come from. They were commanded by the Lord to take another route. Listen, sometimes following God demands we take an unfamiliar route. That we get into uncharted territory. Listen, that it's inconvenient. It's more costly. It's uncomfortable. Because it ain't what we wanted to do. But it's the way that God wanted these guys to go. And sometimes... We have to, to realize that that's part of the kingship and lordship of our life. It's not my will, my way. It's his will and his way. Amen. Listen, I'm closing. Stand up. I, I've talk, I, I'm 10 minutes over, brother. That's okay. Stand up. But I, I want to ask you something. What's your attitude today? Is it filled with anger? Are you mad at God? Listen, I've been there. I've been there. 
Listen, I've been so mad at God, I didn't want to hear nothing about it. And you know what the bad thing was? I was just like these uh, scribes and Pharisees, Thomas. I knew just enough about the, the Bible to where I had the knowledge to where I could say, Hey, Donna, I don't hear none of that jazz. Here's, here's something else. This is what this says. True story, right? I've been angry. But he was able and just to forgive. Listen, I've been there. Hey, come on, senior, I've been there. I've been able to come and sit on my pew and get my message in my corner. Hey, man, that's my attitude for I was called to ministry. Johnny, I wanted, I wanted just what God had for me to fill my cup. I wasn't, I wasn't concerned about everyone else. Man, could you imagine if that's why, if that was Jesus' attitude when he come? Boy, we'd be in a heap of trouble. Amen. I wonder, what, what's your attitude today? i tell you what it needs to be waiting in anticipation, enthusiasm, worried about the loss. Go make disciples. Amen. Let us pray. Musicians come. I've talked enough. Father God, we thank you for this day. Father, we thank you for the reminder of what this season's all about. Jesus, Emmanuel. Father, I pray that you search us and show us the attitude, the people, the, the spirit that is inside of us. And Father, if we have our priorities different, our uh, bitterness and anger uh, shoved away. It, it may be something 10 years ago, 20 years ago. Father, I pray that we lay that down. Father, I pray that uh, we cling to your promise of everlasting life through your, your son, Jesus Christ. And Father, I pray that you just remove the obstacles that's holding people in the pews today and that they that we would search out and find you in the, the purest form like we never have. In Jesus' name.